the book of Malachi. Bring out your tithes and we'll be done with it. Isn't that how we, a lot of Christians look at Malachi, that text about tithing? Mm -hmm. But in Malachi's days, people attended religious services. They did what they thought they had to do. And then they did everything else. But isn't that so Old Testament? Aren't we just glad that we, with our New Testament and books of prophecy and iPhone apps, aren't like those people? We don't just keep what we believe and rationalize the rest, do we? And we, we, we give our tithe. But it's more than just the text about tithing. It's about the covenant and the call to faithfulness that God is reminding us about. It's like God is saying, quit all this political, moral, social, spiritual posturing. Come back to me and we can figure it all out together. The question is, do you want to? Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome back to Sabbath School University, the last um, of the series on the 12 prophets. We have our hosts again, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. And if you had to be one of the 12 prophets, which one would you choose to be? Habakkuk. Why? Oh, my name's Sarah. Okay. Or Habakkuk. Why? Because my name is Sarah. Okay, that explains it. You know. Moving on. No, why, why, why Habakkuk? Because he's all over the place. I just love how honest he is and mm. how like he kind of freaks out at the okay. beginning and then he's like, all right, it's cool though, because you've got this. And this even though all this stuff goes down and I hate it. The then... hippie prophet, yeah. Yeah. I, mean... I, I, would, I would pick Amos for the simple line. I'm not Chocolate a, chip I, cookies? No. What's your name? I, I'm you? not a prophet, nor am I the son oh, of a prophet. Oh, I love that, yes. Yeah, that, you know. I, he I was just, a rich man who just but, gets... But, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I feel this is what God has called me to. Amos, nice. Yeah. And your name would be? Andrew Campbell. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Ika, and I would say Habakkuk. Yes. Seriously, yes. we got the, we got the, the gypsy and the German agreeing. Whoa! Really I'm telling you, it's a sign of the last time. <laughs> it's the last time. Okay, why? Yeah. No, he is he's called the philosopher among the prophets, mm. and I just love the way how he argues with God. He just doesn't oh. he just doesn't take no for an answer, and he just gets into this diatribe, into this dialogue with God. You can't do this, and I'm going to stop you from doing this, and and this argumentation with God, mm. not just saying whatever you want I'll just be you know that engaging mm -hmm. and so I cool. that's what I like their logic was totally different I know than <laughs> I'm telling you it's amazing <laughs> see that's why you need that two perspective yeah. the, the very German person and the very gypsy just person yeah, the world, yeah. man. it's the love of the world hugs for all Aika, would you offer prayer in whatever language you're comfortable in? We're hoping Greek, 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 Greek. Greek, Greek. <laughs> or, and, and read scripture, please. Sure. Uh, the passage for today is from Malachi 1, verse 11. I like that it's not one of the typical mm. passages, and uh, this is an amazing passage in Malachi. My name will be great among the nations, from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord. Almighty. Let's pray. Dear Lord, that is our prayer, that you are indeed the Lord Almighty. And as we interact and, and dialogue here and, and share our glimpses of who you are, help this to be a blessing to anybody that listens, 
to a blessing for a blessing to us and to anybody that listens that you might indeed be called the Almighty and that your name might be great in all the nations. We ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Book of Malachi. Yeah. Anytime you hear about Malachi, like I said in the intro, we think tithe. of tithe, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. storehouse, tithe, you know, 10% mm -hmm. and everything else. But it isn't just that. There's more to it. Absolutely. What do you get from Malachi about God's commitment to his people? Mm. Well, <laughs> now that we have all of that, let's go to the next question. <laughs> Seriously, what do, you see, what do you see about God's commitment to his people? I, I, exactly for this commitment, I think Malachi is an amazing book mm -hmm. because it's it's actually God responding to the people. And in very fierce words in the first three chapters, and even the fourth one, the final one, uh, we pick out some eschatological great ideas, and there's some wonderful texts in there. But it's actually a lot of condemnation. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of you not doing things right, and, and let me show you how you're wrong in, in the things that you do, and, and, and how you're actually hypocrites. But let me set you right and let me give you some great hope to change, change your perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's God's commitment, actually, because he takes us where we are and he says, that's not right. Okay. Commitment is not leaving somebody. Right. Commitment is it's wrestling working. with somebody. Okay. Yeah. But I also think it's really cool because, because he cares so much about us, he wants us to be successful. And so he spends time explaining, you know, calling out mm -hmm. and pointing out this is seriously where you need to go, let's do this, you know, as opposed to, I quit, you're not worth my time. Mm. So I think I really... That, willing, that investment in the yeah. relationship. What I like about this also is the fact that he doesn't come and say, I'm going to make you do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. He comes and says, this is, this is a better option mm -hmm. and leaves it up to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. You were going to say something. Um, I was just going to say that, you know, it, it's kind of like um, God has loved his people, but um, in Malachi, you, you get this brief glimpse where it seems like um, his people don't recognize how much he has loved them. In mm -hmm. verse 2, he says, I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet what you chapter, say, verse 2? That one. Cha Malachi 1, verse 2, I've loved you, says the Lord. Yet you say, in what way have you loved mm -hmm. us? You know, it's kind of like they have not truly uh, recognized the way that God has loved and cared about them. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like, well, I would look at that and say it's in today's world, you know, when something, when something horrible happens, the first question they say is, why did God let, let that mm, happen? Yeah. Without ever stopping to say, what have we done to bring it to this point? Mm -hmm. I mean, what was our part in all of this? You know, when something bad happens, it's, it's great. We go, well, God did that. It's an act of God. <laughs> but when something good happens, like, hey, like what I me, did. look what I did. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, and so what you're tying is similar to what our behavior today. Absolutely. So what are the similarities you see between Malachi's days of the people then, the church then, and us today? Hmm. I think it's, it's interesting to see that uh, this book, again, is mainly focused on the priests. Yeah. Um, and in, in the New Testament, we'd say we, we have a priesthood of all believers. So this applies especially to those that are, that are participating, that are in church, mm -hmm. so to speak. And that would be all of us today. And that would be all of us today. Right. This is a this is a dialogue to the religious leaders in the community, and and in the New Testament we would say we are the religious yeah, leaders. I want in I want to community. clarify that because when we say priests, most church members would go, well, that's the pastor, pastor and all yeah. the uh, the administration. But in, in the New Testament, which we are a part of, it is 
all of us. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, of course, First Peter makes that very clear. We are all priests, and, and Revelation makes that clear again. We're all, all priests uh, and kings in, in, in mm -hmm. God's kingdom. And so now the New Testament model is you are a minister, you are a priest in your community, in your street, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your environment that you're in. You shouldn't just live a sheltered life. Mm -hmm. You should be out there. You are a seed in fertile ground that needs to grow. Mm -hmm. So this is a letter to all those who profess to be Christians. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. God is saying is, look, you're offering sacrifices, mm -hmm. but they're blemished. Mm. Yeah. The, the, you bring the bad stuff. You don't bring the good stuff. You don't bring, um, imagine that, that this is, you have two sheep. One of them has a, has a bears a, a, a little lamb. And now you have to bring that. Well, it bore two. One of them is crippled and the other one is not going to survive. God won't notice. Yeah. <laughs> let me just bring that one and let me save the one that is going to grow to a healthy, ripe old age and can have offspring. I'm going to keep that for myself. I'm bringing to God the tithe, yeah. but it's my tithe that I decide, the bad part of the tithe. And God is yeah. saying, I shouldn't have, I be first. And that's, that's how we, in some ways, the Sabbath works out for some people is, mm -hmm. I will give God what, what we think he, that hour or two, and I mentioned this in an earlier show, but we, and, and a lot of what we do right now is the rationalizing of, we think this is good enough for God and we'll keep what we think is really good for us. Mm -hmm. I think it's even, even not just, uh, I mean, it's time in general. I mean, I, my, I had a, a, a church elder and I was so amazed by him because he was a manager in, in a well-known cell phone company and uh, he spent a 60, 70 hour week and then he came and then he sacrificed the rest of his time, mm. some for the family, but a lot of it for the church. He went to visit all the church members. He did the church board meetings. He did, and, and he was just there for everything. That is also dedication, not just come home from a 40-hour week and say, well, now I want you to watch my TV show. Mm -hmm. um, giving of your time, your talents, your, your, what you do. Mm -hmm. But won't you say that part of that time should also be spent with family? Which he did, I think. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. Okay, balance. But I, I think that this is a good call out for us, especially within our system of belief, is, is that we claim to have truth and we have so much information before us and we have so much good, but sometimes we're not always good at applying it. Mm. You know, we have a lot of head knowledge and not always the right. rest that follows. So I think it's a good call out for us because, like you said, we're a priesthood of all believers. And we're all part of this. It's not just, you know, the pastors or the elders or the people yeah. that are ordained or not ordained. It's everyone. Go ahead. Yeah. Kind, of, kind of along the same line that you're going with, um, one of the things that we have to remember, too, is that Malachi, in contrast to some of the other uh, prophets that we've studied <laughs> in this quarter. Try to stay away from minor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it, is that Malachi is, you know, what we classify him as a post-exilic prophet, meaning that he, he's speaking to the people who have come out I'm taking of... taking notes. Come, <laughs> post-exilic. <laughs> the people have, have come out of exile. Mm -hmm. You know, the problem was that people were about to go into exile because of how wicked they were, and, and these prophets were warning them, you know, that, you know, if you don't change your ways, this is what's going to happen. happen. But now these people... Are sh essentially should have learned their lesson you know they, they've been they've been punished mm -hmm. they they really sh should know better now but yet there's still some issues that are still mm -hmm. needing to be worked out and but the issues were different right exactly the issues were now an almost an overcommitment. this is where we get our sabbath rules mm -hmm. you can't go more than a thousand steps this is where we get all those those other things. <laughs> Take the word round of about sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> it's perfect it's perfect but uh, the, the contrast that i'm making in the right now is when we want to bring this to today's 
world mm -hmm. and to our church now. Um, perhaps we've learned many lessons over the course of our history as, as a mm -hmm. church, but um, sometimes we might be tempted to think, oh, we've arrived. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's the relationship? We're talking about the, the, this, this culture, this behavior that they had back then. What's the relationship between the lifestyle and faith? Between the lifestyle you choose to live mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and faith. And I don't mean lifestyle in the way it's been used all over the popular culture today, okay. but I'm talking about lifestyle that you're living and your faith. A lot. It was one of your. I think it was one of your shows where somebody said um, they had a song. I think it was in Jamaica. That was the one day oh, Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, the they're, one, they're a Christian on that day of worship, but every other day during the week they do whatever they please, and you know it's just being a Christian one day out of the week, really. Yeah. So how does that come in? How? Do, yeah. What's the connection between the two? Are we supposed to carry the Bible wherever we go? And then somebody asks us a question, "How are you?" Well, let me go to Revelation. Well, this says, says the Lord that I am. <laughs> Or are we supposed to, you know, tell everybody what to do? How do we, how, what's our lifestyle? And that's, I think, a lot of times the hardest thing for people today is yeah. how do you stay a Christian when you're dealing with non-Christians or in a, yeah. in the world, I hate that term actually, yeah. you know, <laughs> in life and then still bring in your faith. Yeah, I hear you. Um, one, of, one of the warnings that Jesus had for, for his disciples um, was that they, they shouldn't have, they shouldn't, you know, take the leaven of the Pharisees, which was basically his way of saying, you know, they see the signs and, and they go through all the motions, but it doesn't really change them. It doesn't affect them. Um, they've, they've reached this point where they, they have this dichotomy between, you know, religious life and my own personal space. And, and Jesus is saying to them that your faith, your, your religion has to be something that affects your entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you can't set up this wall where, where, you know, this is my religion and then this is me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think that's true because I, I hear people talking and say, well, I, d I don't want to deal with that Christian and I don't want to make a deal with that. I don't want to go to that shop and get my car fixed because it's not going to be quality work or he's going to chip me out of and my money. And that's somebody of the same faith. Or yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. even, well, he, I... I expect a certain favor of them. We're friends, you know, and then I, that also means I don't respect their work. Mm. Uh, I don't respect the hard work that they put in or the tools that they need for that certain job to be, to be done, the mm. time that they're investing. And so, yes, lifestyle is incredibly important mm -hmm. because we need to deal with this on a daily basis. We, we need to be the ones that have a consistent life pattern mm -hmm. um, throughout throughout our everyday life, yeah. seven days of the week. Yeah. Facebook right now is, is, has opened up this, this can of worm. It's not now, it's been where you have somebody who has a, a ministry and they have a Facebook page and their life, their life and their quotations and the things that they do are so removed from what they say they believe. Mm -hmm. Every now and then they'll put Bible texts and happy Sabbath you all or I'm praying for you and then afterwards you have this, this stuff about what they're eating, what they're drinking, what they're doing and you're trying to see how, yeah. but it's, mm -hmm. it's, and they don't seem to realize that everybody's watching this. Mm. They're Christian friends and they're non-Christian friends, people in the mm -hmm. faith, people that know about it. Uh, I think, again, I think Malachi's, the top of Malachi's was the same, is people knew who went to church and made this big show of, well, I'm the faithful Israelite Jew person here, and then the Jew other person's, person. you know, the other person going, no, uh, I'm better than you because I give more, yeah. and God coming back and saying, uh-uh. Step back and look at what you're doing because this yeah. isn't what the covenant's all about. But I think to answer your, your earlier question, how can we reconcile those two parts? I think part of it is can we hold that balance uh, between 
condemnation, which God clearly directs towards, towards the priests or all the believers, uh, and can we hold and balance the grace mm -hmm. that is being extended? And that is often difficult. It was difficult for Hosea. He was asked to do something that was illegal. He was supposed to stone his wife. Mm. Uh, he's called as a prophet to do something against God's words. That's the, that's the crazy thing mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, and, and that was exactly that extending of grace. But we, we can go on, on the one side, everything is gracious, or we can go on the harsh side, everything mm -hmm. is judgmental. Mm -hmm. So we need to hold that balance in life. And Which that is, is the struggle that, that yeah. we always face as mm -hmm. Christians. And that means if we're in contact with God, hopefully He will move me to a place where I'm better balanced right. between those two yeah. places. And I think we're human, so we're always going to have the switchovers. But I think once you start actually internalizing and like your heart opening up, slash brain <laughs> mm. opening up and applying it, you'll be able to love people better. Mm. And then that's going to be the hands of Jesus. She speaks. I thought she wasn't going to say anything. This is <laughs> Thank you for I'm, joining us. I, you guys were saying words I didn't know. Post-exilic? <laughs> Post-exilic? I know I'm supposed to know that one, okay? When you said what it was, I understood. So in, in Malachi, and, and there's some commentators that say Malachi was not really the name of the prophet, and Malachi meant messenger, so this is a mm -hmm. messenger from God. Mm -hmm. But this messenger from God, Malachi, comes in, and um, he, he, one of the things that I think was uh, chapter seven, verse uh, chapter three, that verse seven says, "Come back to me, and I will I will return to you." Mm. What does God mean by that? What does that mean? And how does that how does that pertain to life today? You know, there's there's an element of repent <laughs> silence. Yeah. There's an Thank element you, Andrew. Of, of, You're always my favorite. Uh, there's an element of repentance um, mm. that, that has to has to be evident. Uh, God wants to save us from our sins, not in our sins, and um, and that's that's an important thing to remember. Um, that we have to show some sense of remorse, uh, rejection of of um, you know our old ways, and and recognize that God does have a better way for us. And that, and that um, part of the whole process of salvation is... Part of the conversion process is to get over the, the ways we lived. Yeah. And, and not, not merge the two. Exactly. And I think Malachi is really calling for, like Ika said, this balance between the two. And I find, you know, very often you find people that are on, on one extreme or the other. Either they're on cheap grace where, you know, God's grace is so powerful. That it doesn't matter what, what I yeah. do. Um, he will forgive me and, mm -hmm. and everything will be cool and peachy. Um, peachy. <laughs> uh, you know, and then there's the other side where uh, some people just cannot find any assurance of their salvation. You know, they're just, they're just beating themselves up and, you know, I just can't live up to, to the standard that, that God has called me to. And, mm -hmm. and you know, they just are, are living in despair. Um, and Malachi is saying, you don't have to be on either side of those extremes. There is a balance in the middle that, that is wonderful. Have you, have you noticed that that balance does not exist in popular culture anymore? Hmm. In, the, in, in, in the world we live in, and I'm not going to say the world and we are not in that whole thing, hmm. but in the world that we live in, that balance seems to be lacking. And because hmm. it's lacking in the world that we live in, like we're, our discussion of Hosea, the pop, the culture around us influences so much of what we are, who we are. Mm -hmm. So we tend to lose that balance even within the church. Well, you have the two extremes. You have the ultra conservatives and the ultra liberals, and the, there is a middle, but it's a very quiet middle that goes. I know what I believe. I just don't need to be pushy. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the the two sides 
are as vocal and vicious and rabid as mm -hmm. the popular culture around. Yeah. And they tend to rock the boat more than, mm -hmm. I'm still gonna lose my job, aren't I? They, <laughs> <laughs> they tend to rock the boat because they're almost mimicking their counterparts in the world around them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I think the key to solving this is to see what God does here. So what because, does he do? Because it is an amazing book. I mean, there's a lot of, there's three chapters about how people are unfaithful. And then there's what, what am I going to do? What is God going to do? Mm -hmm. I will send my messenger. Mm -hmm. I will send the messenger of the covenant. And there will be somebody that will prepare the way. This is the bridge, and rightfully, in some ways, in our uh, translations, is Malachi the last, last book, book the, mm -hmm. that bridges to the to the next book. And we'll see Jesus referencing it. Mm -hmm. so, you know, John the Baptist is here. He yeah. prepared the way. Hello, are you listening? Mm -hmm. The messenger of the covenant has arrived. Mm -hmm. This is this is coming <laughs> coming back to that. This is what I'm going to do. God says. Wait, now you do your part. I, I you know I love God. I mean not just not for the he first said he saved me. I mean he did and all that you know all of those reasons. But I love God when the way he comes and says, all right, I'll give you the answers, but I'm going to have to make you look for it. It's not going to be this cookie cutter and don't take what everybody else tells you. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of what we have is spiritual baggage and we pull it in, you know, our spiritual, the reason we have spiritual adultery is because we have spiritual baggage that we inherit from wherever. Mm. And we don't go back to sift through all of this. Mm -hmm. You know, if people commit adultery, it's because they have emotional baggage. People commit adultery in, spirit, in their spiritual life, it's because they have spiritual baggage. We carry all of this without knowing what it means. Mm. But, and so you have this book of Malachi, and, and Malachi, he mentions Elijah. Yeah. And what, what, I, what makes me laugh is you have this entire nation right now that for, doesn't look at anything else and be like, Elijah, yes, we're going to be waiting for Elijah all these centuries. They continue to wait for Elijah. It's Why? Because Malachi true. mentioned it. Mm. And yeah. God says, there, you read everything in context. Look at the cultural, look at everything else and not just mm. cherry pick it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, so he does mention Christ and everything else, but they focus on that one text yeah, on Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. Um. So much so, you, you, you see it um, in, his, in his discussion with the disciples, you know, it's, it's, it's actually a very important point to them. And he, he's like, yeah, you know, John the Baptist, they, they rejected him and they, they killed him. You know, yeah, he was mm -hmm. Elijah, but... <laughs> I, think we, I think we need to come to this place where it's not either or, but it's often and. And, and that's how Malachi ends, isn't it? It says uh, about the law and about the commandment, keep them, hold on to them. That's the covenant. If the messenger of the covenant is coming, you better know what the covenant is. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to there's a relational aspect, mm -hmm. right? And we need to, those are the things that we're talking about, that, that balance between the knowledge, the head, and the relationship. Yeah. So we, we have the law and the commandments, and so they, they keep it. But what happens to Christians after Christ left is a lot of Christians give up the commandments, mm -hmm. or some of the commandments, and water down some others. The similarities between the time of God's people before Jesus' first, first coming, second coming, first coming, yeah. first coming, because he came before, I mean, he was there before, God, yeah. you know, God's before the New Testament, and his coming now, the similarity between God's people Uncanny. is uncannily yeah. strong. That's a strong similarity in their spiritual life, in the way they've, we've justified stuff, the, the, the idea that we cherry pick things, mm -hmm. but the hope again is identical come back to me recognize my law recognize mm. my commandments mm. have this relationship that's not bothered by the baggage mm. 
and and be genuine about it. And this is what uh, I think Sarah May was saying earlier, right? Be be genuine about it. Be honest about it. Genuine. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they knew all the laws and they were trying to keep all the laws, but they were twisting them in their favor, right? That's back to the sheep and yeah. kind of yeah. you have your sheep and you bring the blemished ones. Mm -hmm. uh, you you actually know it, but you're not acting on your real knowledge. Yeah. Um, so notice, unlike us, she always raises her hand. <laughs> we just I'll cut just in. Stop and uh, let her. Just, yes, Sarah. Do you have something for the class? I do. I do. Um, I just think it's really great to look at the the movement of scripture presented, because you know in the Old Testament it's more like rigid and structured instructions, and then the New Testament comes in, and as the person that likes talking about love and happiness. There's so much love and emotions presented as well. I mean, there was some in the old, but it's just, it's a different kind, and it's more, like, practically applicable in my mind. Well, if you want to do a similarity, the Old Testament's a little more like prose, and the New Testament's kind of like poetry. It's free-flowing and everything else. Yeah. But the hope and love still exists, even in Malachi. Absolutely. You see that. Absolutely, but it's just, it's really interesting for me because I know sometimes I get caught up in the laws of the Old Testament, mm -hmm. and then when I move to the New Testament, I'm like, Oh, right. And throughout the prophets here, you know, I keep getting reminded that they're there. It's yep. just that I get lost in well, the rigidness I, of things. I think in some ways the Old Testament is actually full of these stories, much mm -hmm. more stories mm -hmm. of how God leads people. And I think in that we can see, we sometimes skip over that and we kind of mm -hmm. say, well, that's a nice story of Abraham and Isaac mm -hmm. and the Joseph and the code and all that. Mm -hmm. It's all these stories, and, and the, the Old Testament mind works more like stories. How did God the lead an individual? Yeah. How did God lead an individual, and how did he apply grace and the law mm -hmm. in that circumstance? If we study these people, we actually see both sides come mm -hmm. to fruition mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. And in the New Testament, we don't have as many. We have just as much wrath, and mm -hmm. probably people would say even more wrath in the New Testament. If we just look at the second angel's message, the mm -hmm. third angel's mm -hmm. message, we're getting into some, some interesting... It's cohesive. There it are is. both sides to God, and mm -hmm. there should be both sides yeah. to us as mm -hmm. well. It doesn't mean we have to close our eyes to truth, mm -hmm. but it should also mean, am I actually doing things? In some Christian communities, we praise certain aspects of truth. We have certain commandments that we are very good at, yeah. but we skip it's, out on the love of others. It's that cohesive connection between all the things that God's put in Scripture that we tend mm -hmm. to forget. You know, mm -hmm. and, to, and to, be, I mean, to be fair to that one text from Malachi, it isn't so much about just the money. Mm -hmm. It's also about the stewardship of living, mm -hmm. the lifestyle, the choices you make to balance your time and everything else. And Jesus demonstrates that. Exactly. puts everything that we've learned into practice. So it's, it's, mm -hmm. Jesus comes in the New Testament and basically paraphrases. It's like you have the King James or the Old Testament. Jesus comes and says, well, let me tell you what this is means in a language you can understand. And all everybody goes, no, we need to have it in the scrolls because it was written in stone. And Jesus says, no, I will tell you in parables, yeah. but it's fictional. And God says, no, I'll tell you parables. Mm -hmm. And so people can better understand. And I think that's what we need to do is kind of make it all come together so the common person or the person who doesn't understand the heavy yeah. stuff on first glance can go, it's about love. Mm. It's about that relationship. Mm. It's love. about God. Happiness. <laughs> Hugs for all. And with that note, <laughs> thank you all for being here. <laughs> Yes, thank you all for being here. <laughs> if you would like to contact us, please visit our Facebook page and join in the discussion or come to our website at sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschoolu.org. Don't forget to that whole Facebook thing because it helps us know what we're doing and what we're doing wrong. Communicate with us and hopefully these guys will get involved as well. Thank you so much. We hope we'll be here at Andrews and if we're not, I will, I will apologize at the next show. Mm. We'll see you again next time.